video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you Hello, want to watch it. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. We go through all of this week's new Blu-rays and DVDs. And by this week, I mean the last two weeks. <laughs> More like the last two and a half weeks. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, we had to take a week off because the Toronto National Film Festival. And because we're film people, we're legally obliged to attend. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so we didn't have time to uh, do a podcast or watch any of those sweet Blu-rays. No, but in that time, so much product has built up. So. <laughs> when Mark sent me the list of titles, I was like, oh my God, there's like four pages. <laughs> so we're going to do something a little bit new this time, which is that uh, I'm going to name the um, distributor or the label, and then I'm, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of titles. Because stuff like Kino, I think they released 20 titles in the last two and a half weeks. Yeah, which, something like that. You know, yeah, Kino. it's a lot. So <laughs> If you miss a week with Kino, you're way behind. Are there people that buy every Kino release? Absolutely they, not. No? <laughs> okay. Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. You see what they release. <laughs> I mean, some eccentric millionaire out there <laughs> who's know. like... I, w I would love to meet the person who buys every, <laughs> every keto, keto release that comes out. If you uh, do, please, please come here. Yeah, and tell are, Mark and start buying keto releases. Because yeah. there's a lot that don't sell, so please, please buy them. So, um, right from the get-go, we have uh, Shout Factory with a bunch of horror releases. They're back into their uh, Hammer Horror uh, label. They put out Straight On Till Morning, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, and Scars of Dracula. Straight On Till Morning is actually uh, a Hammer thriller, which they did a lot yeah. of like the psychopaths and stuff like that. Yep. And it's nice that Shout has the catalog now. They're able to go in and just release these ones. Oh, yeah. Hammer fans are loving these waves. Of coming out. <laughs> They're just, Seriously. like, breaking through oh the doors. God. Like, yeah. we need that Hammer! Yeah. No, there's one customer who's been asking me for years when all these out-of-print Hammer movies mm -hmm. are coming out again that used to be released by, like, Anchor Bay. Do you think that they're going to be like, so here, we have a box set now? Well, that's the thing. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I would hope not because a lot of these people have already bought. I don't think so, only because they don't own the rights to everything. Mm -hmm. So a box set exactly. would actually be impossible. Yeah, and I feel like if they do that, they usually do it right off the bat. They mm -hmm. usually save it and then get yeah. it later. The Critters box set. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you get all the Critters film. Yeah, yeah that's right, because they get – it's better to release the box set early because you yeah. get the suckers that buy it, and they get everything even though they don't want everything. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they all, they're also putting out Circus of Horrors, yep. which is directed by Sidney Hayers, who did Burn Witch Burn. I haven't yep. seen Circus of Horrors, which is not a Hammer film, but I have seen Burn Witch Burn, which is also known as uh, Night of the Eagle. Yes. And I don't know if it was ever released as Conjurer's Real Wife, but that's what it's based on, the Fritz Lieber story. Right, right. And uh, you have that here as well. Yeah, I, I don't think, think Scorpion, Scorpion put, out put really it out, nice and that one's really good. That so it makes yeah. me want to check out Circus of Horrors, even though that it's very confusing that Shadow's putting it out now because it's like, wait, is that Circus of Fear? Yeah, is that Vampire Circus? That's also <laughs> circus a Hammer horror film? Yeah. Do you guys, do you feel that there's more horror films that are released around October or the Absolutely, fall season, yeah. really? I mean, I wouldn't say they skimp throughout the rest of the year. No, because yeah, because that's so what sells the most. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff slated for this October, mm -hmm. too, that's big. Like, uh, from all, a lot of companies, Shout, not just Shout, yeah. like Arrow's loaded up on their horror, horror like stuff. Their October. Uh, and Vinegar Syndrome and Vinegar is putting Syndrome. out a little movie called uh, Unmasked Part 25. Are, that finally, may finally. That may have a commentary <laughs> by Justin McClue on it. Who oh knows? Oh, my God. Yeah, they announced it. So <laughs> I'll know. be in the store signing autographs Very when excited. it's released. I know, yeah. 
uh, we'll have you set up at the end here. <laughs> not sad at all. <laughs> not sad. Uh, Biloxi Blues. I, this is like something that you've seen. I actually have not seen. What? It. I know. This well, is. I a, figured it was worth mentioning. This right? is a movie right? that uh, I did not know about because it's part of that. Ah, the movies Mike Nichols made after <laughs> yeah, Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, the ones people don't care about. I mean, that's not true. I think this got a special edition. Yeah, it's a show select. Mm-hmm. Um, although what's on it is probably not that impressive. Yeah, because Mike Nichols <laughs> is uh, passed from this of mortal course, coil. Of course. Uh, Matthew Broderick doesn't really do special edition uh, uh, special features. <laughs> no. Who stars in this film as a new like. Uh, recruit in the army and he has to deal with Christopher Walken and it's also yep. based on Neil Simon's life yep. the playwright <laughs> so you'd think with that combination mm-hmm. it would be really popular nope not so much uh, but I mean Mike Nichols like post catch 22 I don't want to be show offy career is yeah. um, uh, why wouldn't he, why, why didn't he go back to being show off that's what know. he was good at and then you get stuff like Wolf <laughs> yep which how is a movie that stars Jack Nicholson <laughs> as like a yuppie rich guy turning into a werewolf be kind of boring I know, right? I think it has Rick Baker effects, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. As yeah. Uh, the werewolf transformation. It's a pretty impressive, again, another impressive sounding film mm-hmm. <laughs> until you put it on. Yeah, um. not so much. <laughs> All right, well, you know, let's get classy after yeah, um, yeah. Veloxy Blues with uh, Criterion put out a bunch of stuff. Cloudcap yeah. Star, uh, Clunny Brown, and Polyester. Mm-hmm. Um, Cloudcap Star is a uh, film by Bengali filmmaker Ritwik Gatak. It's yeah. one I've never seen, but I always see on lists of like 1001 movies to see before you die oh totally yeah it's like nobody really talk it seems like when it comes to uh bengali cinema Mm -hmm. it seems like it stops and ends with like saturated ray yeah pretty much or like any kind of indian cinema it's like yeah with a lot of people that just have a base knowledge Mm -hmm. including myself i don't really know much apart from that but um this is supposed to be like a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. and this filmmaker is supposed to be a pretty big deal but none of his stuff is really available here Uh, it's such a bummer because i wish that like especially like bollywood stuff or even telugu movies Mm -hmm. or um tollywood films would get some kind of release some kind of um curating because there's so much and it is intimidating when you're like hey <laughs> Three hours long. Yeah, and there's definitely a big, like, at least a Bollywood crowd mm-hmm. out there. We get asked for Indian films and Bollywood films all really? the time. All wow. the time. And the problem is the distribution in North America a very goes through, sh- yeah. like, one or two small companies that don't deal with stores, mm-hmm. or at least don't deal. We don't because, have any. I mean, two. why would they? Yeah. Because <laughs> no one has only, ever asked Exactly. Before. They only sell through Amazon mm-hmm. or something like that. So there's like a huge market there that we would love to bring in. Well, if you live in Toronto, uh, the Royal actually does a Bollywood movie yeah. series, and they're currently doing a women-centric kind of uh, sidebar. So check Very that cool. out, because, I mean, the programmer of that like knows that filmmaking, and awesome. she like picks the deepest of cuts, as well as stuff that everybody uh, should know, like Sholay, yeah. which is like the big massage. Like everything in the pot movie, uh, Clunny Brown, which is uh, Ernst Lubitsch's last film. Yep. Uh, we also have Polyester, the John. Cr- uh, why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> John Waters film, like John Cassavetes. Yeah. I suddenly it's too <laughs> early in the morning after Tiff. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Mark uh, uh, dragged me in the day after <laughs> it ended. Come to my head, he's like, "Go yeah. talk about these Blu-rays and DVDs." The podcast, up, man. <laughs> yeah. The fans Jesus. are clamoring. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Polyester, that's like a great. 
like beginners John Waters yeah. film because you don't want to start them with like multiple maniacs. Yeah, which is the like stuff that the Criterion yeah. has also uh, put, out. put out. So they're clearly getting the yeah. rights to a lot of. It's this like stuff. hairspray, yeah. and then you move on to polyester, exactly, and yeah. then I don't know, pink flamingos. And then maybe go back to pink flamingos. Yeah, you uh, get the whole kind of spectrum. <laughs> yeah, the polyester Blu-ray does come with the odorama. It does card. come with the odorama Just to card. Let you know. Yep. Uh, I've, did you do so. the Odorama card when they did it at the Royal? And they were like no, old. I, I wasn't at that screen. That they were old Odorama cards <laughs> that they found like in a box somewhere. The studio's like, we have so many of these <laughs> and we can't deal with them. Well, maybe these are the same ones. I feel like some of the Odorama cards, like they kind of like lose their smell, but mm -hmm. I, I bet they made new ones. I think they made new ones. We have like a one that we yeah. from our rental copy that we opened. It the, seems pretty new. It seems pretty yeah, new. I'm sure it's 100% yeah. new. And the problem with the Odorama cards is that like most of the time it just smells bad. It's just bad. Yeah, everyone is just the same sort of bad. Did you guys? Did you did you hear about? Did you guys? Mark is multiple people again very early in the morning. Did you uh, ever do forty X with like because there's smells yeah, in it? Yeah, the theater yeah. thing because I heard that One like time. it too. It's like why would I want to smell these smells of like a hospital? Just know, bad stuff. Someone told me that the smell thing got stuck in the theater, so it kept blasting the, <laughs> the same, same smell. bad smell at them. What a nightmare. That sounds like, well, yeah, that's what you want from it, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would actually scare me more than anything in that movie. Ooh, sick burn. <laughs> All right, speaking Been of scary, Sidney Lumet's Find Me Guilty. <laughs> this is a movie that, you know, does it, I think it exists only as a punchline at this point, right? As the movie where Vin Diesel has hair. Have you seen this movie? I have not. I, me neither. I was always kind of I always stare at the cover. I know. Vin Diesel laying in back chair, in the chair with, with the big thing of hair. Uh, I am, I promise I will watch it this year. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to do a Diesel double bill, Diesel day double bill, oh and we're going to do Find Me Guilty and Chronicles of Riddick, which wow. I already know I love. Okay. Okay. So, I thought you were going to pick some other deep cut. Like, oh, like, uh, uh, like Boiler Room? Like boiler Room. <laughs> or, some, some dramatic deep cut. Yeah. Not I mean, what other dramatic? I don't know what else there the is. Pacifier. <laughs> the Pacifier. <laughs> he doesn't really have that many movies at no. the end of the day. No. Oh, A Man Apart? That would a Man be apart. considered one of his dramatic, like dramatic right? ones, yeah. He did one where, uh, is it Knockabout Guys? That yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I know all this? This is I, sickening. Loved Vin Diesel back then. But yeah, I, love, I love MVD has all these like a catalog titles. Yeah, MVD's really dipping into like the mid 2000s catalog <laughs> yeah. right now. Like they put out uh, Roadhouse the Illusionist, too. the Edward Norton Illusionist from like oh, that yeah. period in like the, a special edition. The, and then they put out The Big White, that like horrible Robin Williams. Oh, like, yeah. straight to, like a Fargo kind of ripoff movie. It's, uh, I mean, they also put out, yeah, The Illusionist is the one that's like not the prestige. Not the, presti the worst prestige. Yeah, that you would get confused about. You're mm. like, oh, yeah, it's the prestige. I think the guy's last name is like Hamburger who directed it. Because um, he went on. To, um, it's not Neil Hamburger, but that's it's all. Burger. It's, it's Burger. It's Burger? Oh, Neil Burger. So <laughs> very Burger. close. To Neil Hamburger. We're going to call him Neil Hamburger. Hamburger from now on. He went on to direct the um, Not the Hunger Games. It's yeah, Allegiance. It's the, uh, and uh, yes. the series that uh, they actually kind of like quietly canceled before they released the last yes. movie. Yeah, they did that. But you know what? He also did, we're getting off track here, but he mm -hmm. also did, his first movie was this weird fan footage thing called uh, Interview with the Assassin. I've never heard of where it. Where it's like he, it's this found mock documentary thing where a guy finds like the a guy who says he was the dude who killed JFK. Really? And does this whole thing. This basically, and it's play, and the guy is played by Raymond J. Barry. Who's I don't pretty, know who that is. He's a pretty well-known character.
character actor, you mm-hmm. definitely recognize him. Okay. He plays this guy who com- claims that he killed JFK. <laughs> wow. He, he was the second shooter fun. or something. It's actually really good. So, yeah. you know, do you have it at the store? We do. We rent it at the store. <laughs> All so right. Interview uh, with an assassin. Like check 2000s. it out. But then, yeah, he just went on to do middle of the road kind of kind of stuff. Just I need to pay the bills, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Um, speaking of, I guess not mid 2000s, probably more mid 90s. We have two releases by two different companies: American Laundromat and uh, Liberation Hall. Mm-hmm. There's Chicago Cab and Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, <laughs> which are like pure like 90s, yeah, early 2000s like, indie films. <laughs> I've never heard of them. I mean, you said you saw Chicago I Cab. I saw Chicago Cab. Also known as Hell Cab. Also known as Hell I was more intrigued when it was called Hell Cab. <laughs> yeah. But I had a big John Cusack crush when I was a teenager. What? Just, How did that happen? I, I love John Cusack. From what? Like Gross wanted, Point Blank? Gross Point Blank, Say Anything, mm. Better Off Dead. American like, Sweethearts. American Sweethearts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just wanted to be him. So I was like, I want to Really? It was like him and Johnny Depp were like the two guys. Ooh, like, I mean, I, one of them. One uh, of them, you know. <laughs> I mean, not the John Cusack's. God, he's you know, fighting Jackie Chan <laughs> in Dragon Blade. That's true. John yeah. Cusack's films are far more entertaining these days. Ooh, uh, now Depp. that you said I that, I don't know about. I would agree. With what, what, what are the ones where he appears like in a do rag? Arsenal. Arsenal. And Nick, and Nick Cage. <laughs> and Nick John Cage. Is, how does it feel up. seeing your two heroes like cross? Oh, it was mind blowing. It, it was one of my favorite films that year. Do they share the screen? No, they don't. <laughs> okay. No. I don't think they even probably interacted on set. Although they they do know each other. They do done they? a few movies together. Okay. You know? I mean, we're we're jumping. Chicago Cab is like an anthology film with like yeah. a bunch of like stars. I would guess. Yeah, and it was actually produced by Cusack as, <clears throat> and his like theater company, I believe. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's. I think it started as a. play. It did start maybe? as a play, and the director of it is uh, uh, the playwright, right? Who right. never went on to direct any other. So movie yeah, I think that. John Cusack was pretty involved in the Chicago theater scene because mm-hmm. that's where he came out of. And then he wanted to make this movie and like start his production company up. And That's great. It's not very. I mean, good. the story it's, it's okay. is good. It's, it's interesting. There's a lot. Sell, of, Mark, sell. There's a lot of cameos in this. Yeah, like Jillian Anderson's in. Uh, it. Kevin J. O'Connor. I mean, if you're like who, you yeah. would know who he is. There He's like go. the Weasley guy from the Stephen Summers films, like Deep Rising and yep. The Mummy. Yep. Wait, what? His name is Benny in The Mummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, love Kevin J. Oh, O'Connor, Benny. who people don't know is actually kind of like an indie darling. He uh, mm-hmm. starred in the directorial debut of. Oh, I can't remember. Is it Rudy Hurlitzer, the guy who wrote Tulane Blacktop? Uh, yes. He, uh, his directorial yeah. debut, Kevin J. O'Connor, stars about looking for like a jazz musician. Right. And Kevin J. O'Connor also appears in uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's film. He's in The Master, and he's mm-hmm. in There Will Be Blood. Yeah, he's everywhere, yeah. honestly. So if you're listening, <laughs> Kevin, give me a call, names. big fan. Come on down to the store. <laughs> Be on the podcast. Um, Vinegar Syndrome has a whole slew of releases, because when they put Blu-rays out, they mm-hmm. do it all in one go. And Vinegar Syndrome, I don't think we've talked about them uh, before. They were like a little label that started a few years ago. I remember their first release. It was Night Train to Terror? Night Train to yeah. Murder? Night Train to Somewhere. Yeah, Night sure. Train to Somewhere. I think it's Terror. Uh, and I remember yeah, being I like, ooh, so. I like that that this company is doing this. And yep. then I guess the whole world also thought that <laughs> because they put out like seven new uh, releases every yeah, month Yeah, it's always like towards the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So this was stuff that was due out at the end of August. We just got it a bit late. but um, So that includes um, stuff, nine lives of wet, uh, I don't know if I can say the word because this is a family it's, podcast, uh, <laughs> uh, which is directed 
by Abel Ferreira. Abel Ferreira. But they cannot say that on the box. No, it's it directed doesn't... by Jimmy L. That's the right. <laughs> the legendary Jimmy L. But I... it's also written by his like frequent co-writer. Uh, oh, is that guy credited? Nicholas. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't whatever know. Whatever his last name is, but Abel Ferreira being the guy. I mean, we actually have two Abel Ferreira movies. We do because Pasolini's also being uh, released. Finally, finally. After like five. I saw this at TIFF like five years ago. And, and this is the movie where William Defoe plays uh, the director of 120 Days of Sallow in yeah. the last days of his life. Yeah, it's the it is like the last mm-hmm. day, last 24 hours of his life, and it's really good. I I really liked it. Uh, Abel Ferreira is one of those directors that I'm always like amazed. He's somehow able to continue making movies because yeah. he's famously. <laughs> always high yeah and always on some kind of substance <laughs> though i heard well, that his, he cleaned like, uh, commentary up commentary track for the driller killer is, yeah, is the dr- legendary legendary <laughs> is it on the arrow one i don't I think, don't it, think is. it is it's on the dvd so yeah it's on the dvd available at bay street video yeah, yeah, yeah. where um abel ferreira i think it compares to the hunter s thompson yeah. fear and loathing track where he's just like just out of it he's and watching the movie just the rambling random comments here <laughs> yeah. and, <there. laughs> and uh so yeah double bill with uh, near the end of Abel Ferrer's yep. career, even though he's still making movies, yep. and technically yeah. around his first right movie. At the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I think it's his first credited like, mm-hmm. feature film. Uh, and if you're like, ah, no, that's too much for me, too hardcore, if you will, give me something felty. Yeah. Well, Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> also put out Let My Puppets Come, yeah. <laughs> which is the all-puppet porno film, which yeah. I, I haven't seen in a long mm-hmm. time, but someone <laughs> recently told me that there is no actual human nudity in it, that it's all puppets. Is it really? Yes. Okay. okay, I was wondering that. This is a film that's uh, only been available in the in like a 42-minute version, and Vinegar yeah. Syndrome actually got like the 70-minute complete cut. Explicit, <laughs> yeah. hardcore. Um, and as my friend said, I was done with the 42-minute version, but <laughs> Maybe I was like, maybe the 72 minute one, like the pacing is better. Yeah, we're missing a lot of yeah. backstory. This one's directed by um, Gerard Damiano, who did uh, Deep Throat yep. and also did a bunch of other Vinegar Syndrome. He did a film called Skin Flicks, which is really fun. Yep. And he considered himself a kind of like Bergman of uh, pornography films. So, I mean, Let My Puppets Come is a bit of a lark for him, but it is a an ambitious lark, if yeah. you will. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome also has Decoder, which is a crazy, it's weird to say like a Der fan type film, which that means nothing yeah. to people. <laughs> a German kind of new wavy film yeah. that was like has a new wave score. It's all about a guy who figures out that like a restaurant, a fast food chain is playing like subliminal music that controls people and he starts to control them too but that makes like the government body really angry yeah. I mean that's great about Vinegar Syndrome is that like now that they're more popular they're trying to get into like classier yeah. titles I like their weird obscure mm-hmm. stuff that they put out you know yeah obscure like Hell Comes to Frogtown Hell Comes to Frogtown <laughs> the Rowdy Rowdy Piper film a film that ah, that's a great title that's yeah, all I'll I mean, say about that's it all you need. <laughs> People love this movie, though. They, they yeah. love it. Yeah, it, it's like it's, it's definitely like, the biggest selling one out of that group. It's so like far. your first like cult film. Yeah. You, you reach for like Hell Comes to Frogtown. Exactly, right? I don't know if they ported over the commentary that was on the DVD. Uh, I feel like sure. they probably they had a did lot on there. So I would think. They but like the just... commentary on the DVD is amazing. It's just the director and the screenwriter moaning about how good the movie should have been <laughs> and what they wish they had done. They talk a lot about Steve Wang, who did the special effects for the film, who went on right. to do Predator, and he directed. 
drive, right. and they're like, it was supposed to be a big Hong Kong action film. Yeah. I can assure you, if you haven't seen How Comes <laughs> to Frogtown, it is not. No. <laughs> but it also, the Blu-ray has a long retrospective with uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's one of the last interviews he did before he passed away. So he gets to go through his entire career. Yeah, no, it's a really nice package for fans of mm -hmm. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, you know, let's get classy again because we should get into Warner Archives. And right. they just put out, <laughs> you know, we talked about um, uh, Where Are You, Scooby-Doo. Is that what it was called? Scooby-Doo. Where, where Are You? you? There yeah. you go. You got it. Um, <laughs> and they put out the complete Jetsons. They did. Yeah. How many episodes of the Jetsons are there? I don't know. How it's many variations like, it's can like there be? A two disc set or something. Oh, it's so. only two discs. Yeah, wow. It's short. So I mean, the Jetsons. Did you watch those as a kid? I never really saw the no. Jetsons. No. I mean, again, it's, it was on yeah. TV sometimes. Did you ever hear the theory that like Earth has been destroyed and uh, the rich oh, now I, live I have heard this theory, <laughs> up yeah. in the air, and that's why the yeah. Jetsons are all like floating up in the air? Mm-hmm. Mm. Jet, I feel like Jetson is like George Jetson just screaming all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because, I mean, it's the same thing as the Flintstones. But for some reason, I didn't like the Jetsons as much as I like the Flintstones. And I think it's because, like, the Flintstones, it's weird to be like, ah, they're primitive. You know, they <laughs> yeah. have all these mood... Uh, uh, what, honeymooners kind of feel. But the Jetsons are like, shouldn't they be more advanced? Yeah, they yeah, have the right? same issues. It's the same thing. <laughs> but this is good for kids because it's the same yeah. thing over and over again so you can just like yeah, take it all in. Cool, I do like that setting of like, mm -hmm. the everybody living up in space. It's, <laughs> it's cool. Or up in the sky. As the rich know, people like... An, uh, yeah, like... <laughs> what is it? Uh, Acelia, what? No, what is the Neil Blomkamp film where everybody lives oh, up in space? Um, Elysium. I hate Neil Blomkamp. You hate? Uh, come on. Yeah. You like District 9. I did not like District what? 9. What? I'm You're, sorry. Uh, uh, it starts and ends with me at District 9. <laughs> <laughs> with Neil Blomkamp. What about Chappie? Chappie's great. I, I did not make it to Chappie. Yo, Chappie's great. Chappie. Okay. I am Chappie. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? A lot of it. <laughs> Knowing you, Mark, I think Chappie's right up your alley. So? Yeah. More? Uh, okay. Hugh Jackman with a mullet and like shorts the entire yeah, time. I mean, giving I was... uh, an insane <laughs> performance. Okay. I was more interested in Chappie than... <laughs> either of his previous films. Listen, so. I'm okay. really yeah. invested in Neil Blomkamp's career. <laughs> I, All my okay. money is caught up in his stock, so <laughs> you need to watch okay. these movies. All right. I'll spread the word as much as I can. Uh, Synapse uh, put out Django the Bastard, which you may yeah. be like, wait, what Django yeah, movie Django's is this? There's a million of them. This is one that's actually uh, kind of a remake of High Plains Drifter, which oh, is okay. the horror Clint Eastwood film where it comes back, it's kind of like a ghost figure. Yeah. And that's what Django the Bastard is. It's, it's dealing with kind of like gothic and super natural overtones so it does take it away from Django prepare a coffin and yeah. I don't know Django versus Sartana two bullets for Django all films so that we should point out are not related to the original Franco no. Nero Django at all they just you know um, unscrupulous Italian producers were like let's just put the name on here we're gonna just yeah. put it out you can't copyright a name we all own Django <laughs> yeah that's how um Tarantino could make a Django course, Unchained. Right? Yep. <laughs> and Mill Creek is putting out more Andy Sedaris films. Uh, Andy Sedaris. Thank God. <laughs> <Thank that>. God. <laughs> I love Andy Sedaris. People have been just like, again, fighting well, into the store, being funny, like, you got they, the new Sedaris in? Well, it's funny. They put out the first, the, their first two. They put in like two out at a time. Yeah. And the first two were Heart Ticket to Hawaii, which the is big like famous the one. big one, and uh, Malibu Beach. Yeah, uh, Malibu Express. Malibu Express, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the title. I mean, two um, at a time. And those two sold like crazy. Yeah. We, like, couldn't keep them on the shelves. Next two came out, it was like Savage Beach yeah. and whatever the other one I don't was. know. Is it one didn't, with... Didn't sell as Really? Well. Yeah, Is it one with topless down. women and guns in I it and muscle man? factors into it somehow. If people don't know, Amy Sedaris was an independent uh, writer 
producer director who worked with Playboy Playmates and he had mm-hmm. like I guess he had like a beach property or something. Yeah. And he would go with a bunch of actors and shoot these slick straight to video. I guess that you could call them like if the Playboy ch- if the Playboy channel like made movies. Yeah. yeah. But like the most innocent films oh, yeah. th- that feature tons of uh, well, that's female the thing. nudity. They're not like hardcore no. or anything at all. Like they are very innocent yes. and they're very fun. Like, yeah, they're, they're very so, goofy. So fun if you're a fan of like bad funny action. I mean, like, you can't get much better than this. After you said that you couldn't sell any of the other Blu-rays, I'm a little bit um, wary of saying you should watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii first <laughs> and then explore the I rest know, of right? his filmography. That, that really is the best one. But, <laughs> but um, now on the shelf, uh, they put out, Milk Creek put out Do or Die yeah. and Guns. Guns. <laughs> Just Guns. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, the titles got more and more generic. As they, as they went along. I mean, Die isn't in almost all the titles yeah, or some kind of like Express yeah. and or Beach, <laughs> so uh, check. They're actually pretty cheap too, because it's Mill Creek. Yeah. So Mill Creek, like, just well, takes they had it. them all out in like a big DVD set before mm-hmm. called uh, Girls, Guns, and G Strings, and it combined all of these, and it was yeah. actually a really nice set for like really, really cheap. Blue- yeah, but you don't have that anymore. No, you got the Blu-ray. Yeah, you gotta, the get Blu-ray. The, you gotta get the Blu-rays now. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see them in high def. Yeah, you know. Uh, so Kino, we've been putting it Kino, off, but here we are. Right. Kino has so many films <laughs> coming out. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna try to wrap them all out okay. you can okay. stop me if I'll you're st- like i would you. like to talk to you about that one okay. <laughs> like, have you heard the word of our lord and savior kino <laughs> the ones i'm going to want to stop to talk to you about are not the ones that most people are going to want to hear okay about, but let's uh, let's go with them so con hearts and coronets and lavender hill mom and man in the white suit that's a trilogy yeah. or not a trilogy but those are all ealing comedies yep and Guinness starring these movies mm-hmm. have been out of print for years and People have been clamoring for Blu-rays for a long time, especially for Kind Hearts and Coronets, which mm-hmm. had like a good Criterion DVD release years ago that went out of print pretty fast. But they're here on Blu-ray. Yeah, come and buy them. Finally, yeah. Um, and these are mostly directed by Alexander McKendrick. Yeah. Ealing Studios being the um, the studio that put out The Lady Killers, which you may know, the remake by the Coen Brothers. <laughs> the original by Alec Guinness, much better. Yes. <laughs> the Lady Killer by the Coen Brothers. Not a lost not classic yeah. um, waiting to be discovered. No. Uh, so that's nice that those are finally out. All right, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, Day of the Outlaw by Andre de Toth, which mm-hmm. is actually a great Western set in the snow. Andre yeah. de Toth, not really discussed as a director. He's mostly known as an illustrator of comic books. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, people really were, people, this one sold really well when mm-hmm. it came out, more so than a lot of the other Western stuff. Uh, Man Without a Star, which is a yep. King Vidor Western. Uh, Pittsburgh, which is, co-stars uh, John Wayne yeah. and Marlene I Dietrich. <laughs> ah, yes. The Duke. <laughs> yeah, just um, burning up the screen. Yeah. Mirage by Edward Dimitrik, who, which, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did a bunch of fun Noirs, yeah. But I also know Edward Dimitrik as the guy who talked during um, the Blacklist hearings. He <laughs> oh, named yeah, names yeah. <laughs> and then wrote a bunch what of books <laughs> trying to apologize. I mean, so but did... Yeah, um, uh, no, it's not... Uh, who directed On the Waterfront? Why is the name uh, Viking? Um, um, Kazan. Yeah, yes, Kazan directed On the Waterfront. Mm-hmm. And he made that movie as an anti-union film yeah. to prove that he was right. <laughs> and people yeah. loved it. So I, like, love, I mean, it's a great movie. On the Waterfront <laughs> yes, is great. It's awesome. It's like, yes, unions are bad, I, <laughs> I guess. <know. laughs> 
Uh, support your local gunfighter. Support your local sheriff. Yeah, which to, people really like these James Garner westerns. Uh, the spoilers. Uh, another western, I believe, or maybe it's a noir. Uh, no, that's a western. Yeah, it, it, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was Western Week over at Kino. So. Uh, it's it's Western Week every week at Kino. <laughs> let's be honest, because yeah. I think that's where all their like people buying Blu-rays. Yeah, like that's what they want because they come from usually a certain era, yep. and that's what they remember. Uh, I bought a, a stack of blank Blu-rays uh, recently, and the person at the counter was like, whoa, they still make these? Non-ironic. Wow. <laughs> and, and she was like, yeah, I have a stack at home. I don't know what to do with them. I can't throw them out. I can't get rid of them. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm 100 years old. It's okay. <laughs> and actually, I wanted to think, how do you watch movies? Is it just whatever's on Netflix or Amazon Prime? That's probably pretty much so. it. Yeah. That's pretty much where people are getting their content now. Uh, Blindfold, uh, a film that stars Rock Hudson and Claudia uh, Cardinale. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a kind of spy spoof type thing. Um, Reap the Wild Wind, uh, CC. Uh, Cecil B. DeMille picture. Yep. Another uh, not yes. very good man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, I know. Not a good man. <laughs> and Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith, which yeah. is a famous picture, which I have never seen. 70s film. Yeah. yeah. I, never seen it either. Uh, the director went on to go make Roxanne. And, right. Yes. Was... And he also made the sequel to A Fish Called Wanda that people don't call Fierce, Fierce Creatures. creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so I guess you didn't shock me because you didn't surprise me to say, oh, well, I need to not, talk about this movie. We haven't through them all yet. We got a couple Derek Jarmans here. Oh, that's right. Well, that's <laughs> not shocking that you would stop me for the Derek Jarmans. Well, it is pretty shocking to me that Blue is actually out on Blu-ray. Oh, is that I didn't? Is that like a famously like well, um, just, on a shelf one? Well, it's just like all a blue screen, right? Really? It's just like I did not know that. Minutes of a blue screen <laughs> with his like dialogue with his narration yeah. over it. Has so, anybody bought it in the store? Yeah. And, and it's him taught reckoning with him dying of AIDS and mm -hmm. everything. It's really, yeah, we sold out of it. Like, <laughs> do you think people will come like, back and be like, "It's literally just a blue screen"? I people. have like, questions. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the people who know it. Yeah, or uh, maybe um, they picked up the garden as well. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. with the, which has more going on visually than, <laughs> than blue does. more than just a blue. Yeah, screen. and the garden's never been available at all. Like, blue was on the the glitter box set that was mm -hmm. put out with his stuff before, but um, the garden was never available before. Um, I like Derek Jarman. Yeah, he's he's cool. Uh, he's experimental. Yeah, I just I can't believe Blue is, is they actually put a single Blu-ray out of this movie. Blue. How much is it? Like it's roughly like twenty two ninety five. So it's like a little cheaper mm -hmm. than their regular Blu-rays. Did they throw a bunch of special features on it? No, no not really. I, think I a mean, lot the people ported over from the old. The set. people who are buying Blue know what they're getting. I would think so. The, the, I mean, the cover of it is just, just a blue, blue screen. With does like it say on the back? Does it say like, this, listen, this is just a blue screen? <laughs> not like, like that. Buckle up. <laughs> Why do I need it on Blu-ray? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's maybe the textures the are changing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Listen, you don't understand, Mark. You're not a true experimental artist. Um, and there's another Kino that you skipped over mm. that I definitely would like to talk about. Which which, which that, is that? That's Aspen Extreme. Oh, sorry. I had that in a different section. <laughs> oh, I'm so, that's okay, I'm sorry. We'll and I, I had it in the cult want. section. Oh, yes. Not in the classic one, as okay. it should have been. Well, it's a classic and a cult. So. Yeah, a Aspen Extreme. Yeah, it's, you know, a real, like, tone shifter as you watch it, starring Canada's own Paul Gross, Paul Gross. and America's own Peter, Peter Berg. Berg. <laughs> yeah. The team up you never knew you wanted. Yep. And I gotta ask, have you seen this movie? I have not seen Aspen oh, Extreme. Oh, you gotta watch this movie. Nobody has seen this movie. <laughs> But it is. I mean, as a as a Paul Gr uh, Paul Grossophile, I'm shocked I have it. I, you gotta watch it because it's also really strange because it's essentially the same story as Dumb and Dumber, yes. which came out the year. But very after. serious, right? 
Yeah. Spoiler, so there may so, be a death in it. Yeah. So much so, though, that I almost get the feeling like the Farrelly brothers saw this movie. Like it was Zucker Brothers did with Zero Hour, yeah, exactly. where they remade it Except into Airplane. it was like the year before. So yeah. it's like they saw it in theaters and were like, yeah. it's like this is the stupidest movie. Because mm-hmm. Peter Berg and Paul Gross are so dumb in it, too. They're basically like, like Harry and Lloyd are just like yeah. dumber versions of what Paul Gross and Peter Berg are in this movie. They play losers who have no job prospects, mm-hmm. who just go to Aspen to try and like make it happen for themselves as ski instructors. Do they give each other um, laxatives at one point? They don't do that. So the Farrelly brothers came in with a laxative content. <laughs> They're like, we're going to take yeah, this to the next the, level. Yeah. But um, Aspen Extreme is still very, very funny. There's, uh-huh. there's like an evil ski instructor guy with like a really funny like European accent in there. Is there's it like intentionally really funny? funny no, or is it, it? it's definitely supposed to be like one of those early 90s studio dramas that kind of has that sports element. So it's like a sports drama, but like with romance in there, because Paul Gross falls in love. So it has nothing to do with like the 80s boner comedies like Ski Patrol, Ski Hills. It's very much a drama. And they want to be, like they're actually good. Paul Gross is actually a good skier in it Mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't know. They come from Detroit. Oh, so is it just like a skill he suddenly has? He's like, I'm great at skiing. Him and Peter Berg are like working in some car factory in Detroit and they like Mm. ski on the weekend. Weekends for fun. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know Detroit. I mean, Aspen. Yeah, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> Screw this job. Let's go to Aspen. Aspen. They just pack up in their van and they drive to Aspen. Uh, but the, so, you know what? I'm gonna have to watch you it. You gotta now. watch it. It's, Dude, it's really funny. Double bill it with the amazing, which I pro- you probably don't have in the store because I have a South African DVD of it. Um, Copper Mountain. The oh, Jim Carrey. Cop- uh, I have a copy of Copper. There was a North American DVD there? of that, so I have that. And yeah. uh, Alan Thick. Yeah. Uh, an infomercial for uh, what ski hill is it? It's... Oh, I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> and don't, uh, what band plays as well, <laughs> just throughout? Oh, it's uh, and they put it on the cover because it's yeah. like a sort of semi. It's not Bachman like, Turner Overdrive, no, but it's, it's that kind of like band. That, yeah, <laughs> and like but if it's... you guys haven't seen Copper Mountain, <laughs> it is <good. laughs> flabbergasting because it's just like Jim Carrey and Alan Thicke are just two guys that go to the resort. Jim Carrey just a shtick throughout, and they're like friends, even yeah. though like they don't look like they would be. Friends friends at any kind of I think world, there's a ski competition at the end of that is, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to see uh, Jim Carrey do what he was originally famous for, imitations. Yeah. And there's a few good scenes that come out of nowhere in that yep. movie where he just does an imitation. Let's <laughs> check out Copper Mountain. It's great stuff. Not available at Basement Video. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's out of print now. I think I snagged a copy before it like went out of print. I bought finally, one at so. like a University of Toronto sale because yeah. E1 have all these like old DVDs. Yeah, but it's, it's South African. It has like it's region four <laughs> so it wouldn't play on my DVD player. Yeah, well, you can borrow mine. and have That's right. Time. Yeah, Copper, you should put yours out, like, like a, a little display. Bootleg. It's like Platinum Disc or something. It's like <laughs> yeah. one of those bootleg companies, though. It's well, like, all it those like shit. All those Jim Carrey films had those, like, rubber face. Mm-hmm. It's, like, found in the Walmart Love bin, gray things, market yeah. Uh, DVDs. Yeah. Um, so back on the cult side of things or eh, not really cult but like not that well known uh, finally the film of Sarah Jacobson has been yeah. released by AGFA Sarah Jacobson being a young filmmaker who made her two most th- famous things was like a 30 minute I was a teenage serial killer mm-hmm. and uh, Mary Jane is not a virgin anymore which I like to describe like ah oh, it's like clerks but if it was you know not misogynistic yeah let's bro <laughs> yeah, and it takes place in a movie theater which yeah. I think would be interesting to people who are listening to this podcast and 
just really charming and fun, and it's shot on Super 8, so it has like an aesthetic feel that other movies don't. Yeah. And for a long time, it was just not available in any good-looking version, just like VHS copies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And Agfa went in and remastered both those films. Yeah, it's very exciting to have her stuff out there. I never heard of her until mm. I saw it at earlier this year at the what the film festival. Over yeah, there, that's right. right. Um, and it was just it was a revelation. I mean, obviously they're like pretty low budget, and mm -hmm. you can feel kind of the. Um, Sort of, sort of some technical limitations yeah. in there, but it feels akin to like, like I was telling you, I think like Greg Araki type stuff. Yeah, or Greg like Araki definitely. He's like real like punk indie mm -hmm. American filmmaking. Um, and it's cool, yeah. It's got a real like, attitude and yeah, edge to it, just which fun I love. Yeah, and like a different perspective. It's yeah. like one of those things. It's like, oh wow, I've never heard of this movie before. And you, it's it's not like a new indie. It's like mm -hmm. came out a long time ago, but never got really a release. It played at Sundance and it, it like did. won some awards it too. Did, but... And then unfortunately, she passed away when she was thirty-two, so she didn't get to make any more movies after that. Yeah, she kind of reminds me of like a Sarah Driver too, who was like part of that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, worked with Jim Jarmusch and did yeah, everything, but was kind of lost in the wave of like the male director that came out of that American independent movement. So definitely worth checking out. Uh, speaking of women that are lost in that wave, um, I love these transitions that I like force <laughs> I into know. place. Sony is putting out the People versus Larry Flint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of women. Uh, this is like the, uh, I don't know if it's the lost film from the writers of Ed Wood because like they yeah. decided that like it was going to be their like um, lane was going to be biopics yeah because they got stuck in like a problem child hole. They wrote they Problem Child <laughs> 1 and 2. Uh, it's Larry Karaszewski and Scott Alexander. Yes. And so they ended up writing Ed Wood. That was a hit. And they're like, all right, this is what we're going to keep doing. So mm -hmm. they did uh, Man on the Moon, the yep. Andy Kaufman. Which I really too. love. I, I do love Man on the Moon. I knew it before I said it that you <laughs> Are you not a Man on the Moon fan? It's fine. Uh, it doesn't really work. It, it just, oh, it gets to me. You know, that's my... <laughs> and they also made Big Eyes, and they have the upcoming My Name is, uh, Dolomite is My Name. Yes, yes. Which is fun. And I've they seen it. also wrote and directed the criminally underappreciated <laughs> comedy Screwed. All right. Norm so, MacDonald. <laughs> oh, wait, does Norm MacDonald star in Screwed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Norm MacDonald. And like you're going to go on record that you like Screwed. I like Screwed, yeah. <laughs> no. Nay, you love Screwed. <laughs> I mean, I don't love it as much as Dirty Work. Yeah, I was going like, to say, how does it compare to Dirty Work? The Norm MacDonald like class. It's good version of Dirty Work, but I still find it very funny. There's mm -hmm. a few really, really great moments in Screwed. Uh, you're going to make me watch hate, Screwed. But people hate Screwed. Oh, really? I, I mean, I love Dirty Work. I remember reading, I was getting into like reading reviews, I think, at mm. the time Screwed was coming out. I remember, <laughs> like, I remember the reviews were <laughs> for Screwed at the time were so brutal. Mm. Um, well, I'm very glad that we can watch People vs. Larry yeah, Flint. I mean, I like People vs. Larry Flint. I, I think it's like it's, one of those fascinating biographies yeah. of a man that should have never had a biography. Yeah. Courtney Love gives a deranged performance yeah, in it. Yeah, I love Courtney Love, mm. and I and I love the acting she did in the 90s. Too. Yeah. I do like her in Man on the Moon as well. Um, but yeah, I know Milos Forman and her like had a good relationship. A Milos Forman is such like an odd director, because like <laughs> Fireman's Ball is great. Yeah. And then he got into the, what's Lance Hallstorm, the guy who did My, uh, My Life as a Dog. Yeah. That kind of like Last prestige yeah. uh, biopic kind of thing. I feel like his stuff has a bit more of like an edge? style to it, though. Yeah. Or an edge. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't really like Lassie Hallstrom or like that kind of yeah. thing. But for his stuff... I don't know. I mean, I really love Amadeus, and I feel like he... Mm, you know, Amadeus is great. He's so great, right? And then I just feel like the biopic stuff he did in the 90s, 
it could be kind of viewed as middle of the road. Yeah. There's something about it that jumps out at me. I can't even describe it. Well, listen, I don't more. I don't want to throw the director of uh, My Name, uh, My Life as a Dog under the <laughs> yeah, bus, because no, I just okay. recently watched, a week ago, the Richard Gere film, The Hoax. Oh. Is, did you ever see that one? I did not see that uh, one. Where it, it's, he's the guy who wrote mm-hmm. the uh, fictional Howard Hughes biography. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I've always felt about a Lassie Hellstrom <laughs> He's picture. still making it's movies, fine. I think. Yeah, he is. He, um, I think he's made a couple of those dog movies, actually. We yes, were he did. I think he, he made did. one called Hatchy, A Dog's Dirty, with Richard Gere. As well, <laughs> with Richard Gere. Which was insanely Finally, popular at the time. For the hoax um, yeah. team up that you want to see again. I think he made another. I think he returned to the dog uh, genre. I always I, pick I up like remember. Casanova that he directed. Oh God, and I'm yeah. like, maybe this is fun with Heath Ledger. Yeah. No. Now, no. <laughs> uh, coming to bargain bins everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so other stuff that's released. Ah, oh, man, we got to really go through these. Yeah, Love yeah. letters by Scorpion. Yeah, uh, I've never seen this one, but it's kind of like a road games. Re- yeah, that's something. what it looks like. <laughs> it's, it's like, like Stacey Keach and, and uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis finds a love letters. Her yeah. mom wrote to somebody revealing a life that she did not know she I know. had. And I thought it was like a horror thriller or something mm. for Scott because it had that kind of. It's look not. To it, I think it's, it's more not. of a drama. It's just like a romance. Yeah, it's a drama. Yeah, uh, between Jamie Lee. Curtis and Stacey Keach. Yeah. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> uh, the Paranormal Yikes. Activity Collection, a series I've never seen one movie of. Are you kidding me? You've never, never seen one. I have seen all six of them. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> to be fair, I think the first one is actually really good. Mm-hmm. I, I think it really holds up. I mean, as like a a Blair Witch kind mm-hmm. of, you know, trying to recapture what Blair Witch did. How does it compare to Mungo uh, Lake? Is it Mungo Lake? Lake Mungo? Lake Mungo. Oh, it's not. Lake Mungo's amazing. Yeah, it's Lake Mungo's amazing. Lake Mungo's like a real good film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's... Paranormal um, Activity is like... Yeah, I think it came before though, right? It or was around after? The, I think it was like the same year, yeah. actually. It was right around the same time. Um, but yeah, watch Lake Mungo if you haven't yeah. seen that. And buy the Paranormal Activity box. But, has all, wait, don't they get crazy? Has, Isn't well, the marked do. ones well, like that's nuts? that's the thing. It's like the first one's really good it's yeah. just a simple like mm-hmm. mock doc like these new couple in yeah. a new house great but then they kind of you know two and three it's kind of the same thing again mm. three has like this 80s thing so and it's like a shot of like vhs yeah. cameras but then yeah with like the marked ones it, it goes to like a whole new area at mm. one point it goes to like um uh, goes to like LA and deals with these like inner city but youth. The marked in ones. LA. Is it a found footage film? Kind of, yeah, yeah. It They're is all found. Footage. I just remember they the trailer just, like, being like making it look like a superhero film. Yeah, the guy's like, yeah. I got powers. <laughs> no, it's it's weird. They like they go to this other group, and, mm. but then it all tie, it all ends up tying back in to the first movie, which is oh, really? kind of annoying after yeah. a while. Yeah, keeps circling back to it endlessly. Mm-hmm. It's just like, is it the second one where they have like it's like the house like shutters on the doors and stuff. Like that, yeah, it's like a something like, like a trap that. house of some kind. <laughs> you know, I was watching the Conjuring series, so I love I like series that like expand yeah. to the point that like they can't be controlled anymore, and they're like tie it back to the first one, tie it yeah, back to the first one, which is exactly. Are you Final like. Destination? Uh, which works well though. I, I, you know I, what? I like Never that. seen the fifth Final Destination oh, film. You're missing the grand I know. finale. I know. Well, I know how it ends. Someone spoiled it for oh, me, okay. and once that it's happens, it's still fun. Though. Yeah, it's, it's one of my. Fi- it's probably my favorite, other than the first. More one. than two. 
two is so yeah, mean spirited. Two is mean spirited. I love <laughs> yeah. the kills in two. That's what I mean. But I don't love like the rest of two. Yeah. <laughs> my problem with the Final Destination is, which a lot of these horror franchises is, it's so fatalistic that it I'm is, like, yeah. ugh, there's like no way to get past yeah. this, and that like you just die at the well, end. The first one struck a good balance, I mm-hmm. think, between it being fatalistic but also having like a good yeah. sense of fun. Final Destination. Humor. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And the fifth one brings that back. Okay. More so than any of the. Sequels. Until the end. So, wink, until wink. The end. But I still kind of, I don't, I like it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, speaking of fatalistic stuff, ah, those transitions. Uh, Love Letters by Scorpion. No, sorry. Uh, 2B20, released right. by Raro Video. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. This is a famous I've film. Ne- I've heard of it. I've never seen it. In that, but... like, it's a sex comedy for, like, the first 70 minutes. Yeah. And then it's the opposite of a sex comedy yeah. in the last 20 that's minutes. That's what I hear. Yeah, and that's what it's most famous for. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think most people that check it out do it out of that curiosity to be like, well, i got to see this movie everywhere. Like, Eli Ross talked about it a lot mm-hmm. when he was making Hostel. Yeah. In that idea of, like, oh, it's one thing for an hour, and then suddenly it shifts gears yeah. to something like Last house on the uh, left end-ish, yeah. so uh, buckle I up. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's Fernando de Leo. Yeah, Fernando de Leo. We've right? talked about him before. He yeah. did that, like, crime box yeah. set. So it's kind of a different mm-hmm. one for him. Uh, Arrow's putting out Who Saw Her Die, which is, like, another semi-famous giallo. Yeah. Um, they put the, This is, like, part of a series. There was another one. Uh, I think it's What Happened to Solange was the yeah. one before that. was yeah. Fabio Testi. Mm-hmm. Solange is in the it's title somewhere. Yeah, so, no, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And so... It, that it's just continuing that kind of series. I think there's one more in it, but I may be mistaken. They yeah. all have like they questiony all, titles. The titles are all kind of the <laughs> yeah. same. Yeah. And um, uh, Mill Creek uh, put out the Noir Archives Volume Three. Yeah. How do those sell? Which, so well, they really? are insanely popular. I've never heard. Like I haven't even heard of most of the movies on these sets. I mean, like but... they they. It's mostly films by like famous directors yeah. that like the films aren't that well known mm-hmm. like they did one uh, I don't know what it's called it's called like the black spot or something like that it's yeah, one that no, people love right. um, that's like set during revolutionary France and it's directed by I think it's Anthony Mann and yeah, um, right. his go to cinematographer Jack Alton no Something like that. Yeah, he's know. like the famous noir cinematographer who right. did like the big combo. Okay, and he did the cinematography, and it's also famous for having like a lot of like rear projection that's mm-hmm. like really well integrated to make it look much bigger than it is. Yeah, while still making it claustrophobic. That was on Noir uh, Archive Volume One, I believe. Yeah, so they started these mm-hmm. a few months ago. They've been doing kind of like one a month, um, and they are just loaded with movies and. Yeah, they. I mean, noir always does well for mm-hmm. us, but these in particular, we can't keep them on the shelves. So. And like noir, archive volume three. I looked at the title, I didn't really recognize any except for Crimson Kimono, which mm-hmm. is a Samuel Fuller film. Exactly yeah. right. And it's you know the, because it is a later period too, mm-hmm. right? It's like it goes spans like nineteen later fifties up yeah. until nineteen sixty, which isn't really a period. Nineteen sixty. I didn't know noir. it went up that. Yeah, it goes high. to nineteen sixty. So and people don't really think or think noir was over by that point, mm. but you know this is kind of unearthing some gems. Oh. Sk- Town USA yeah. finally gets a <laughs> Blu-ray release. Uh, this is a film with ooh, Badman Scott Bayo. Yeah. Uh, Scott Bayo, why did you do that to me? Yeah, Charles is not in charge anymore. Oh, uh, I love when I say like stuff like Badman. People are always like, "What is he talking about?" And then they go and look on Google and they're like, "Oh, oh no, yeah. no, yeah, <laughs> ignorance is I can't bliss." See this. Uh, Patrick Swayze is in yep. this as well. It was written by uh, Nick Castle, who directed The Last Starfighter yep. and is most famous for being uh, Michael Myers in the first Halloween film. Yep. Uh, this. Is just like a disco uh, yeah. roller skating uh, dr- drama comedy. Yeah, something like that. 
something like that. I think apparently it was held up for so long because music? of music rights yeah. issues. So I think that's sort of there's been a few people. <laughs> They're just like, silent. The people who've come in and bought it, which there have been mm. a few, have been have asked like, are the music fixed for this? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think it's fine. It doesn't say anything on the back. So yeah. So I it's probably it's okay. fine. They usually don't. Yeah. It's just like a Sony catalog mm. release now. So I, it was I it was really popular when I worked at iSore Video and yeah. they had a um, let's say not a legal copy sitting on the shelf because it just wasn't available. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also Shiraz, A Romance of India, which I was really interested yeah. in looking into, which is a silent Indian film mm -hmm. that is technically not an Indian film because it was made by German producers yeah. during uh, the British and German occupation, but this was like the start of the Indian film industry. Mm -hmm. And people say it's actually very lavish, and uh, BFI did a restoration of it, recorded a new score, yeah. and that it's a film that for a long time wasn't really available. And now it is put out by Juno. By Juno, yeah, who's really kind of staking their claim here for some good classic stuff. And they put this one out on like a Blu-ray DVD combo set mm -hmm. too, as opposed to a lot of their stuff they just put it on DVD, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a nice, I, I, it's thought, really I didn't nice know they set. only did DVD stuff. Mostly, yeah. They've <laughs> like, done one Blu-ray before this. But... We do this for people that don't have yeah, Blu-ray yeah. <laughs> uh, players, which I'm shocked Blu-ray players aren't like 20, 30 bucks yet. They're they, still like $75. Can you get one for 20? I feel like you got to be able to get one Maybe for on 20, Amazon, but the thing about Blu-ray players like DVDs is you can get a bad Blu-ray player that yeah. like doesn't properly play discs if yep. you get like a really cheap one. Yeah, so, that's why I always tell people like at least go with like a brand name. Yeah, go to bed. Best Buy and get like yeah. like LG has like little blue yeah players. that's what I have that's what I have as and well I got that for like I think fifty bucks like mm -hmm. seven years ago so I I was like oh wow we did so fast went through them all and then I missed there <laughs> yeah. was a big Are section of me? new releases <laughs> that we talk, haven't talked about <laughs> which the one I was excited the most for this week but I was also a little bit nervous about because I was like ooh bodied the yeah. Joseph Kahn film that was a big hit at TIFF yep. uh, a few years ago and it was bought by YouTube and I was yeah. like ah oh, it's never we're gonna get a Blu-ray release. But Joseph Kahn was like, "I promise you, it will get a Blu-ray release." That's the deal that I made with YouTube. They have it for a year, mm -hmm. and then it reverts back to me. I'll do a Blu-ray, and I was like, "Yes!" Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, whoa! It's on the Bay Street um, yeah. announcement." Joseph Kahn isn't tweeting about it. Yeah, and it that's came out pretty. They announced it pretty quickly, yeah. and then it just. Quietly. And it's because, yeah. and then I saw the name of the person putting it down, and I was like, no, which is Gravitas, who I believe they're an aggregator, so yeah. they get stuff on iTunes. Yep. And um, I this bodied Blu-ray, which if you haven't seen this movie, you have to check it out. Come and rent it at um, Bay Street Video, because mm -hmm. it was like my one of my favorite films of the year came out. Yeah, um, It's about battle rappers, and I know you may be like, oh, I don't know about, just watch it. It's like very satirical as well like it's you think it's one thing like a weird white savior narrative but it knows what it's doing and it's not quite that so um yeah. highly recommended no special features on this blu-ray yeah, unfortunately great that's that's the thing with gravitas mm -hmm. they they're great in the sense that they do pick up the rights to a lot of film festival stuff especially yeah. stuff that's a tiff that would never get released by anybody else you might you know when you mm -hmm. see like this small film at tiff and you're like oh, i'm never gonna see that that was great but i'll never see that again they do put a lot of this stuff yeah out. so we end up bringing a lot of their stuff in but they never have extra no they just nothing. put it out like, yeah and nothing. a lot of them are mod's um 
Who put out? Uh, oh, it wasn't Gravitas so. that put out her smell. No, that was Gunpowder and Scott. Yeah, who usually do that like no special. Yeah, but that yeah. one had a commentary on it. Yeah, I was they, shocked when I picked it up. To, yeah, because they were a little more invested mm. in that film. Like yeah. they, dis- they distribute stuff theatrically. I don't mm. know if Gravitas. I don't think does so. Much I wonder if Gravitas so. is technically a distributor. Or do people approach them with films know. for yeah. them to like distribute? I'm who not knows? Sure, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, bodied. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, all right, the dead don't die. The Jim Jarmusch. I didn't see it. You must have seen it. It, yeah. Well, what do you Jim think? Jarmusch Did fan. it feel like a, a After Dark film from 2014? Being a big Jim Jarmusch fan, I was expecting a lot more yeah. from this film, which I probably shouldn't have. Yes. Because it is very much like you say, like a Toronto After Dark, dark kind yeah, of yeah, movie, like a zombie comedy. Film. Yeah, yeah, just with like a ridiculously mm. insane cast. When a cast uh, is that insane, yeah. I usually go, mm, "This movie's not going to be good." I know. Yeah. And you know what? Like. It works really well for like half an hour, I'll mm. say, because he's got like this. <laughs> and really... the movie's only forty minutes, right? <laughs> yes, plus yes. plus sixty. Yes, um, bonus features. Because he's got this meta thing going on, and like, mm. and it works. It works well. He has some really good meta jokes in it, but then it gets to a point where like he has no idea where this is going, yeah. what he's gonna do with this, and it kind of just ends up being like any other zombie movie. Just kind of runs out of steam at the well, end. Yeah, yeah, with the exception of a few like mm. random plot narratives with the threads which don't really go anywhere, it just kind of becomes your typical zombie. It's movie, weird yeah, because I'm not a huge fan. It's of like anyway, Jim Jarmusch so. is like, "Have you seen any of the zombie films yeah, over the last ten years?" He's probably like, "Nah, I haven't. I don't well, really yeah, get out very often." He's making it as like a lark. Like mm-hmm. it's clearly made by a guy who doesn't really care about zombie yeah. movies. You can tell he's kind of trying to throw back to Night of the Living Dead and that low mm. budget sort of like regional feel yeah. to that because it is it does have that sense almost of like a film that like if it wasn't by a bunch of stars it would be like a bunch of people making some low budget regional horror movie mm. or something which would usually appeal to me yeah. but because but it's, it's a bunch stars of stars yeah. and a it's... budget it's too self aware mm. and not necessarily the way I like yeah yeah. So buy it a basement video, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> or worth, rent it. It's worth a shot if you like any of those actors, which I mean, of Bill course. Bill Murray, Tilda yeah, Swinton. the actors are good, and Jarmusch still has, like, a good style. Mm-hmm. I like his movies, but it's yeah. not one of his high points. He doesn't do with genre what he did with, like, Only Lovers Left Alive, which took, like, a, a and kind of deconstructed it, yeah. De- this is just kind of a lark. Or even Ghost like, Dog. Sort of fun. Or Ghost Dog, Yeah, right? which is really good. Yeah, so. Uh, to Helen Back, uh, the Kane Hodder story. Yeah. A documentary being released by Dread I haven't seen this, but a lot of people who have said it's really, really good. Yeah. Kane Hodder talks a lot about he like had a full body burn, like like an injury, and that kind of yep. affected his entire life. And the documentary is like um, about that essentially yeah. and his career in film. People don't know Kane Hodder is a guy that played Jason oh, in Friday the Thirteenth, part, part seven, eight. Seven. No, no, was eight. six, wasn't it? What? Uh, no, six? he wasn't in six. Okay, six seven. is Jason Lives, my favorite. I love six. Yeah. 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 And no, yeah, seven so is seven. New Blood. Yeah. That's the one with Carrie. Yep. Eight is Definitely Takes eight. Manhattan. And, and he all, Jason goes, goes to hell. hell. He plays Jason at the beginning and yeah. right at the end. And he was also Jason in Jason, Jason X. X. Yeah. yeah. Canada's so, own. I know. Jason X. And I love Canada. And he's supposed to be such a nice guy and yeah. everything, too. There's always stories of him on set, like, mm-hmm. or going to children's hospitals yeah. and stuff and donating his time. Children's hospitals? I know. There's all like, as Jason? Yeah, I know, right? Jason. It's me. And then he's like, Robert Englund, come with me, the um, child predator. Let's go visit some children's hospitals. 
Uh, well, I mean, verse, uh, you know, as a movie, and when it was Jason versus Freddy, Jason is like the underdog that people yeah, want to see with. Freddy, uh, eh, I don't know. Freddy, Freddy creeps me out. Yeah, yeah he's gross. Well, because Jason, you know, as the movies went along, he became more of like the hero a little bit. Yeah, he and did. I feel like, you know, these kids are like obnoxious, like <laughs> Kill '80s Reagan era Republican kids or something. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Oh, they're man, all, that's a great. Uh, annoying. My favorite Reagan, probably slasher, is definitely uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, where yeah. those yuppies get killed oh at the beginning. God, right? So good. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, check it out. It's good times. And also Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, the next generation. I, that one's great. Really? Yeah, I've never seen it. Are you getting I've never oh, seen it. Really I was funny. actually in the store going, you guys have the Scream Factory Blu-ray that was put out? You yeah. still got copies? Or did you send them all back? Yeah, no, we still have them. Oh, um, God, man. They may be burning a hole in my pocket. It deserves a cut. That's it. If you like two, I have only check out You know what? I own it's like almost. I, I like say it's three. even loonier than four. Honestly. I like three. You know what? I Jeff have, I've never one. seen third. It's it's it's, it's, it's actually fun, okay. especially if you go in knowing the problems that they had making Ten States of Asker Three Leatherface. Yeah, the Blu-ray has the uncut version on it too, and I believe mm, I don't know if it has the laser, disc- but it has one of the commentaries they did, which is very critical of the process. Okay, and I mean you know a Ten States of Asker Three has the famous teaser. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. It's like a Scalibur. Yep, and the thing going. Jeff Burr, who directed the film, said he got the job, went to go see a movie that night, and saw that teaser. Oh, and he's like, yes. I had nothing to do with that. This is going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just a um, journeyman on this project. <laughs> Meeting a release date. Um, so, I don't know how we got into Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, oh yeah, but we're back on new releases. Kung Fu League, another well-go film, the yep. company that releases everything um, yeah, that comes every... out of China. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kung Fu League is notable because it like stars all the like heroes of like martial arts cinema right. so it stars like uh, um I think Ip Man is in it, mm-hmm. and he's played by the actor who played him in like kind of um, not ripoff films, but like uh, like the younger version yeah, of him. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it stars uh, Wong Fei Hung, not played by Jet Li in the Once Upon a Time in China Sings uh, movies, but played by the guy who took up the mantle afterwards. Okay, who was uh, Wong Fei Hung in the TV series, and also Once Upon a Time in China. Four and five. Okay. Jelly came back for six months of time in America. People are taking notes. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh, I got so much information. There's going to be a quiz this afterwards. Week, so. This one's pretty fun. It's a. It, it's a lark. It's directed by Jeff Lau, who did like all of Stephen Chow's best films. But Jeff Lau, at this point, it's late in yeah, his career, yeah. and he's like, you know, Gus Van Sant, and um, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm saying. I love for making a Gus Van Sant comparison. Uh, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, yeah, where he has yeah. like a big bag of money, and they're like, cut Gus, and he's yep. like, yeah, yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> um, uh, other new stuff. Buckle up, because Ken Burns has a new documentary. Oh I've never seen an entire Ken I Burns film. I've never seen a Ken Burns <laughs> They like are just too daunting to <laughs> yeah. me, man. It's like eighteen I, hours. I feel like I would really enjoy his stuff. Me too. But I just, I especially, I want to see the Vietnam War one, which mm-hmm. he did a couple years ago. I hear that's kind of like the definitive Vietnam War. What about the Civil War one? Abe and, Lincoln. Yeah, I mean Civil War two. I mean he did one on like, jazz. Yeah, jazz baseball. Yeah, I mean um, baseball. I can uh, live with. Yeah, that. I mean. But, like, I just don't, like, 10 to 12 hours to devote to these things. Very like, comprehensive. Sometimes, and like, they're not fast-paced. No, they're not. But, I mean, if you want, a, like, a comprehensive history lesson on country mm. music or, like, yeah. then this is where you're going to get it. So. These kind of documentaries, though, I'm, like, usually into it as it's playing. And then afterwards, I'm like, what happened in yeah, this? Well, like, I don't remember. An hour one of that? Yeah, yeah. It's like when I read, um, like, director's biographies. I'll be yeah. like, I read their biography, but I don't remember any of the details. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like my brain is like, nope. 
you don't need that information, but you need to know which movie Jet Li did or did not star in in the Once Upon a Time in China series. Uh, speaking of martial arts, John Wick, Chapter 3. It's a great yep. movie. I'm getting a little burned out by John Wick, I have to say. All right, they're not for you, Mark. I'm I just love, shaking my head. I know, I know. You know, it's fun. It's it's okay. I love the first one yeah. the most. The simple, I just feel the, like the, it's the, diminishing the, returns with these Oh, movies. I don't think so. I love yeah, action. I know, I know. I, love I, it. I feel like I'm in the minority for yeah. this. But Get out of here, Mark. I'm sorry. All right, I'll leave. Go back to your uh, blue screens. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 your mission should be to push blue onto people, but not tell them what it is. I know, I know. I, mean, I didn't have to. It sold out right away. It oh, it? It was all, I had my spiel already and didn't have to use it. Yeah, for people who may have heard about blue and they're like, oh, what, well, who's Derek Jarman? What was the films that you would recommend like as starter film, like Caravaggio? Caravaggio is kind of a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a good starter. I really like... Sebastian a mm-hmm. lot. Um, it's a little more experimental, yeah. though, so maybe Caravaggio. I think Sebastian was the first one I saw, and that really I was really taken by that. But if you're not, if you're worried about the experimental mm-hmm. kind of nature, maybe start with something like Caravaggio. Yeah. And then go from there. Jubilee is also like a cool one. Criterion mm-hmm. put out. It's kind of like a post-punk sort of London dystopian yeah. thing. So I would say maybe any of those Those, those ones are good starter yeah, ones. Okay. Yeah. Definitely not blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good Deed uh, put out Firecrackers, which is a Canadian film. Which is really good. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. I saw it in theaters, in a theater where I was alone with uh, my partner Emily. Yeah, I feel like it came and went kind of fast. I mean, it was made by a couple of Ryerson graduates, I think. I think that if you you know what it is, like it's like two um, women want to leave their hometown and they can't. Yeah. And that's the whole film. And it's like, it's kind of like, not mumblecore-y, but just kind of, if you know this Canadian drama style, like yeah. you'll know it instantly. I feel like it's got a real like Ontarioness to yes. it. Yes, like it gets the vibe of like rural, shitty rural shitty Ontario. Ontario without, but with still feeling artful about mm-hmm. it. Um, Good performances it also, from the two leads. Yeah, and it's also for me kind of almost like a flip side to going down the road. I don't know if that oh, sounds crazy that's because a, like going down the road is like all about them leaving. And they do leave and they go to the big city. And yeah. this is kind of the flip side where it's they can't leave girls and they can't leave. And a lot of it is because of their gender almost because yes. they're almost. They feel they're kind of pressured to stay because mm-hmm. why would they need to leave? You know, that's a good that's a good comparison which going I, down which the road. I just kind of thought about in that moment. So, I, I really like the film. I I think it's like a really good first debut feature. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of nice style to it, and the performances I thought were really excellent from the the two leads. Do you have going down the road on DVD here? We do. We have it for rental, and it's on Blu-ray too. Uh, does it come with the sequel? It does. Yeah, yeah uh, still going or whatever. Yeah, I got, but we do have the original DVD release of mm-hmm. going down the road, which had a lot of extras on it. Uh, I believe the Blu-ray does as well. It actually doesn't have the same. Oh, it stuff. has different it stuff. Cut out some of it. Huh. It has a few, but it yeah. like the initial DVD was kind of loaded with a yeah. lot of different things. That was like a weird, like small gap. Yeah, we're like we'll put Canadian films out, and they're like, like ah, people are buying them. We're not going to yeah. do this. But it's actually out of print. Also, even that mm. combo with Down the Road again is out of print now. So because it was Alliance that put it out, and they just yeah, folded yeah, they at folded. A certain point. So but, come to Base Review Video. Rent check, it. Yeah, going down the road. Firecrackers for yeah, the ultimate feel bad Canadian uh, double bill. Okay, so I say this. Yeah, I say this one for last <laughs> because like I, when I was going through this list I was like I don't know what this is and then I looked and I'm like oh Mark will definitely I, want to talk I, about I this. this one. Did you? <laughs> you already watched it. I wouldn't have put it on the list. Alright so it's Deadwater right? uh, there's a million movies called Deadwater. There are it's the most generic title in the world but um, this one is I mean you read the synopsis and you're like ooh a man must save his family from modern day pirates well, I like this and then you see who it stars 
Judd Nelson and Casper Van Dien. Yes. Who plays who? Who plays a pirate? Judd Nelson plays the pirate. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to say right off the top, Judd Nelson is barely in this in this movie. What? Which is really disappointing, especially since he's... I'm more of a Van Dien man myself. Okay, well... Tarzan. You know, Van Dien's in more of it. Yes. So. But there's also a third character. So okay. it, it makes it, the cover makes it seem like it's like a face-off yeah, type thing yeah, where yeah. it's just Van Dien, Nelson, mm. their faces are together. It's not really like that. It's Ugh, kind of what like... What a bummer. You think it's kind of like going to be a dead com sort of yes, thing? Yes, that's too, what it sounds like. like, you know, the Billy Zane character yeah. is Judd Nelson as this pirate character. But it's not even really like that <laughs> no! either. It's kind of... So it starts off and it's with this third character who's like an army vet mm-hmm. who's friends with Casper Van Dien. And he's got like severe PTSD and him and his wife are having some struggles because of his PTSD. Casper Van Dien plays their friend who invites them both on his, he's like some rich investor dude. Yeah. And he invites them on his like luxury boat for like, they're going to go to the Bahamas from like, I guess the Florida Keys or something. So there's this weird dynamic, but you can tell Casper Van Dien is all over his buddy's wife, like, the whole time. So for, like, about 45 minutes of the movie, it's just this weird dynamic between mm. the three of them. And then Judd Nelson shows As up. As a pirate. Just kind of, like, he's just like a boat on the horizon. Yeah, no, he comes up, and he looks like he's full decked out in, like, Hawaiian shirt, like, goatee. <laughs> he's got some wound on his face for some reason. He looks great. And you're like, all right, finally, Judd Nelson is here. And then he's gone again for like another like 20 minutes. <laughs> and he doesn't even show up until the climax again. And Everybody then, should be like, where's Judd Nelson? There's a reason he's there and it's all tied in. It's a bit of a conspiracy thing. I'm sad it's you not, watched it. I think if you great, hadn't watched it, we could have hyped it up for each other. Know, it's not a great movie, but for like an hour of it, I was like engaged. I was invested. Yeah. I, was, I, didn't like, where it was gonna go. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know what this was ultimately going to lead to. I mean, where it does go is ultimately disappointing, I'd yeah. say, but I mean, you know what's it's not kind of dis- par for the for- course for these kind of movies. You know what's so. not disappointing? Dead Calm. <laughs> Dead Calm is good. Billy yeah. Zane and Nicole Kidman. What people don't know about Dead Calm, well, it does say Philip Noyce on the on the d- cover. Not really. It's mostly no? George Miller who really? directed it. Okay. That's why it's very that. zany at the end. And if you remember specific, like, how it ends, that I there's, do, like, a death, yeah. like, an insane death yeah. Happens uh, yeah. that is like zooms and like crash zooms yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, Dead Calm. I actually had not seen it until two years ago, and I went to a film festival where Impossible Horror played, and it was part of like the series oh, they did. Okay. It. They showed it on like 35 millimeter. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm a big Zaniac. Me too. So, Love Zane. What would you say are your favorite Zane films? I mean, I have a soft spot for speaking of zombie films. Have you seen The Mad? He gives I've an insane performance no. in The Mad. Okay, he plays like a nerdy that. guy. Okay, and it's okay. like mad cow disease. Like right. the burgers, if you eat it, you turn into zombies. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't, it's tough, man. I mean, I really like him in Invincible. Oh, you spin me <laughs> right round, baby. Right round. You know? I remember those TBC ad, right, TBS ad. Yeah. Very excited. He is very funny in that yeah. movie. Um, playing like a martial arts like, like guru. Because that was choreographed guy. by Chin Su Tung, the director yes. of Chinese He's, Ghost Story. I remember it was produced by uh, Jet Li and Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson, <laughs> the, that's right. That's what all the ads. Yeah, it was all about. And he it was, was like a pilot for a TV series, which does, I believe it, it was. I think it was, but it didn't. I think it's really funny. But mm. I mean. <laughs> oh my god, I've seen so many bad like straight to video Billy I mean Zane Billy Zane had like that... a crazy nineties period where he started yeah. like all these like bottom tier neo noir. Yeah. Yeah. One of them just got up really blue it's like fireworks. Uh, yeah, something, something. this world then the fireworks. Fireworks, uh, yeah. yeah. He has one like cement. He, was... he started in this crazy like Wanna be a cult film, which was uh, I woke up early on the day I yeah, died. Which is like an Ed Wood screenplay. Ed Wood right? screenplay where there's no dialogue, yeah. I believe. He started in some like 
er, pre-Tarantino, like Tarantino-esque movie. Um, oh, Love in a 45? Blood and Con- No, I think you meant Blood and Concrete. Right? Oh, Blood and Concrete. That's yeah. what I was thinking of, yeah. Which is not very good, but yeah. like he, you know... Yeah, the, know, Phantom. Does his, the Phantom. I mean, which is Billy Zane gives good, the but... most uncharismatic performance in the oh Phantom. Like, God, it's I a know. choice. Like, he talks, he's like, hey, how's it going? It's me, Billy Zane. I'm the Phantom. I know. And, like, the entire film, it's insane. <laughs> him being in, like, a purple leotard. It's yeah. like, that movie's so much more boring than, like, it should Yeah, be. but you know who's not boring in that film? Another one of my uh, uh, favorites, Treat Williams. Yeah, Treat Williams. As, as, the, as a villain. Good. Yeah, he's. I so can't good. die! <laughs> It's worth watching for him. So. Yeah. Do you know what Billy Zane is? This is feel, feels like a film you should have seen. He's like the final joke in Holmes and Watson, the John no, C. Riley. I, I didn't actually watch that. It ends with Billy Zane playing his character. No, he's Billy Zane getting onto the Titanic. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, so I hope you go out. and watch Holmes and Watson this week and yeah, you come back we, next. We have that. So, you know, for <laughs> Holmes and Watson, you know what? There. Very funny. Okay. Yeah, okay. I know. A controversial person. opinion. I, yeah. I haven't really heard any opinions. So, Basically, what happened was someone wrote a really good review on Letterboxd, yeah. and then I went and watched it, and uh, and then my other friend Peter Kaplowski's like, "Yeah, it is funny. I saw it too, but I didn't want to say anything." Okay, so it's like this underground kind of secret. Okay, <laughs> yep. now I gotta watch Holmes and Watson. Yeah, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell just like just unleashed essentially. Yeah, I, love that. I love Step Brothers, so yeah. I mean, like, I mean, kind of. I avoided Holmes and Watson because it's directed by the guy who did like yeah, Walk Hard, yeah. not Walk Hard. Walk Hard is hilarious. Walk Hard is funny. It's yeah. what's the one with Kevin Hart and. Um, Will Ferrell. Get Hard? Get Hard, get that's hard. right. Yeah, yeah. Just staring off into the distance. Yeah, yeah how like, dare you not remember sorry. Get Hard? No, it's Get Hard, right? Yeah, yeah. directed by the guy who's not one of the Cohen brothers. I think his name is like... Oh, uh, Ethan Cohen. Ethan yeah. Cohen. He's like, it's me, yeah. Ethan Cohen. Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, I guess okay. that's my recommendation. No, Holmes Watson is not my recommendation, guys. Okay, I love how we're like, we've just gone to talk about Billy Zane, Zane and yeah. Watson. Yeah. But uh, we're done, because those are all the releases. That's of it, this eh? week, yeah. Okay, all right. I mean, there's a there's more that's there's been released. Even more that we didn't even. But I'm looking to, at the list and I'm like, I don't know what I, I would say for seen I, any I mean, of them. The Good Mother, directed by Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> that's right. That's a Kino title right there. Uh, yeah, definitely but, yeah. Kino catalog. But, if uh, yeah, you will. if you like Roddy Piper, though, going back to Hell Comes to Frogtown, WWE Studios has put out a vintage DVD of like. I used to have that DVD. Getting rowdy. Okay. Yeah, I got go. it at Roger's video. All and, right. Like, those so sets it's like vintage fights and stuff. All his best fights. Yeah, so we have uh, watch as the W uh, WF logo is like blurred out mm-hmm. and WWE is replaced <laughs> yeah. because they're they can't show it. Yeah. Uh, and as far as Blu-ray recommendations this week, I think uh, we've run a little bit yeah, long. You know, so. it's fine. We'll we'll come back to that. Yeah, next week, next week we'll have uh, more DVDs and Blu-rays oh, for you to watch. But we have lots this week. And I mean, if there was a movie I had to recommend this week, I would say check out Bodied. Cool. Because um, I, I love Bodied. And if there was a Blu-ray that I was, I would say like. You have to have this one. Hmm. It would have to be the films of Sarah Jacobson, which is like has never been properly released, and yeah. they're great films. So yeah. I recommend people check them out. For me, uh, for a new movie, I would say maybe check out you know Pasolini. Mm-hmm. I'm a Pasolini. big Ferrara guy, yeah. and I just it's a great movie, especially even if you don't know much about the filmmaker mm-hmm. like Pasolini himself. It's a really good. Just, it's a really great portrait of how this man was on the last day of his life. I really, I think it just sums him up really well. What I about? This, I think Ferrara is like really in yeah. tune with Pasolini. Ferrara's um, <laughs> Gerard Depardieu film. 
Oh, welcome to New York. You welcome to New York. I really like Welcome to New York. But you're just a Ferrara. I am um, a Ferrara head. Yeah, you're him. a Mark. But the version of Welcome to New York that came out on DVD is not good, so do not watch that. So uh, where should you see it then? Nowhere, unfortunately. It came out theatrically in Canada mm-hmm. for a little while. I think it played at the Royal, actually, yeah. for a while. And I saw it there. Did he re-edit the uncut- it? No, IFC bought it in the States and re-edited it against his will. So there's probably a version in France that's uncut. I think in France it's uncut. But the problem is it's not just a simple re-editing job because basically the the movie is kind of a veiled Mm. biopic of the Dominic uh, Strauss-Kahn scandal and everything, right? And um, where he basically, he tried to rape a hotel maid. They play it in the IFC version, which I haven't seen, but I read a lot about that it's not as bad. It comes off really bad in the full version mm. because it's bad and he comes off. Wait, like so a, they tried to neuter they it? They tried to neuter Why? the sexual assault in it so that it comes off as it's more, did this happen or did this not happen? And that is really problematic. That's to me. very problematic. Especially for someone like IFC, who I usually respect a lot. Yeah. They said they did it to, they, they were cutting it for rating reasons mm. to cut it down for an R rating. Feels like. But all the, there was a big article that I think IndieWire did yeah. at the time and they were talking about how it's, no, they change the whole tone. Why would IFC want something for an R rating? Especially when yeah. it's released on DVD and Blu-ray because so, that yeah. doesn't really matter so, like, anymore. We have it uh, for rental, mm. but it's only the IFC version because yeah. that's all that's come out in North America. So. I mean, Abel Ferrara has made his, yeah. like, in the last few years just making movies endlessly. He I made know, that William Dafoe one yep. with the, about the end of the world. Yeah, which was bad. <laughs> really, yeah, really? Really bad. That's one yeah. that, because I saw that at I, the top of Cage Cinemas, yeah, like, top 10 really of the year. I was really excited for that and I did not like that one at all. I feel like there's sometimes he can just go into this rambling mm. nonsense kind of vibe that just doesn't doesn't work but but yeah, yeah check out Pasolini that and one's actually really good Nine uh, Lives of a Wet and uh, yeah I haven't cat. seen that one yet but I will yeah I will that's right it. but uh, in terms of a Blu-ray recommendation Aspen Extreme definitely <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you heard it here first. Run the basement I'm video. Telling you, get Aspen Extreme next cult film. before. Watch Aspen Extreme. Watch Dumb and Dumber right after. Tell me it's not the same movie. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> All right, so until next week, my name is Justin Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. And you can go to Basement Video at 1172 Bay Street. All right, well, thanks for Toronto, listening. Ontario. And remember to go on iTunes and give us a review because if you do, you'll probably be the first person. Yeah, uh, you want to be the first. For a while, we weren't actually available on any of the kind of like um, podcast aggregators but now we are awesome. so you can go on there and you can just subscribe and you can get every episode right when it's released which is every friday every during friday. the week yeah. so check it out all right we'll be back right. next week thank you watch these movies and many more are available at your local video store